the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me this week. And most weeks, it's my partner in crime, Matt. Hey, mate. It was it was all looking so good, wasn't it, last week? It was a lovely podcast to record. Things things were nice. Birds were chirping. <laughs> Spring was springing. Tottenham were winning games. And we were heading into the North London derby. And it was like, you know what? Yeah, this is feeling pretty good. Yeah, and, and also, like we were heading into the North London derby. Gareth Bale was on fire. So we knew that Gareth Bale oh, would yeah. have an amazing game in the North London derby. Oh, yeah. Ro- roll back the years, mate. Ro- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was it was guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we, we came a cropper. Um, I've got a bit of a running order for the show today. Um, uh, it, and in my running order, I've read, open with a joke. Um, I don't think I've got one at the moment, so we'll just move on. <laughs> open with a joke, our defending. There you go. Um, and then discuss the North London Derby defeat because we need to. We need to talk about. It. We need to get out of the way. We need to decompress a little bit. Sure. Uh, I hate losing to them. <laughs> like, like it's obvious. It's such a obvious thing to say, but losing to your local rival sucks. It's the worst feeling. Um, never, never enjoy, never sort of come away from it like, ah, oh, well, you know, at least we had a crack at it. But I will say there are times where I've lost games to Arsenal where I've looked at it and gone, do you know what? We gave, you know, that was a bloody good game. We we were just pipped. Do you, do you know what I mean? It was like mm. after after that initial anger subsides of losing the game, there are times where I could go, do you know what? That was a bloody good game of football. We were a bit unlucky, you know, a bit of luck either way, and that's who won the game. It was even. The games I walk away from where I'm most angry or most upset is where I look at it and I go, we didn't even try. Mm. And that is my feeling after that game, North London Derby at the weekend. I watched the whole game and with one player one player aside, it genuinely looked to me like we were second best to everything from effort we you know second best in challenges, second best to picking up the the second ball, retaining possession. We were awful. Um, it just looked like a team that went out there. And the only thing I could get in my brains is like they won a few games on the banks and thought, ah, they're below us. We just got to show up. Yeah, we, and that's why you know we always say that it's the old cliche, isn't it? You know, form goes yeah. out the window for the Arsenal. Uh, North London oh, Derby. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, and it and it does. You know, like we might have won four, five games on the spin before, but yeah. you, you just can't go into that game, like you say, with with the attitude of you know we're, we're doing all right. So I'm sure we'll be fine here. It's just it's yeah. different. The North London Derby is a different animal, you know, and you can't you can't just go in. It's not like going in and playing a a, a mid normal mid table team. I mean, yeah. I know obviously they're a mid table team, but a normal mid table team, you know. Yeah. I mean, I had to get some kind of digging. I mean, like, you know, any yeah, small no, it's win. Fine. It's fine, it's fine. I mean, we're still above them. We're having our worst season in 10 years and we're still above them. And, yeah. You know, they beat us. We're having our worst season in 10 years and we're still above them. Yeah, exactly. Do, it, do you know, I was, I was gutted. Sorry to interrupt, Sam. I was, the yeah. thing I was gutted about the most is, like, obviously, Lamella's goal was just ridiculous. Completely yeah, and utterly just yeah. filth, you know. And it's, yeah. all, it's always a shame when it's a goal that, 
it can't be enjoyed now. No, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the same as you. I, I, I watch that guy. Do you know, there's some, there's some times in football, very rarely, especially with the sterile, no fans in, um, very rare that can, like, if you're sat at home, a moment that can genuinely make you make a noise involuntarily, you mm. know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if Tottenham score a goal and I'm watching them, I'm like, yes, you know, that might, you know, a bit of a fist pump, maybe, like, yeah, get in. <laughs> It's very rare, it's, like I said, especially with no fans, that there's a goal scored that just creates a kind of... Ah, what? <laughs> what was <laughs> <You know>? that? <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the Lamella goal, I, I mean, I just absolutely lost it. You know, I, was, I, I love that on every level. When you take into account who it was against... The fact I am laughing my head off that he, he doesn't trust his right foot that much that he would do that instead. You know, it just cracks me. I mean, I was gone. I was helpless. I was laughing. I think I put in our chat like five minutes later, it's like, I am still laughing that he just scored that goal. It, yeah. was, it was an absolute joyful moment. The, the reality is, like you said, though, because of the result, and to be honest, because of the performance overall, it's very hard to just watch that goal and enjoy it. Now, oh, I think yeah. perhaps in, you know, maybe next season, in a highlight reel of goals, someone puts that in there. I'll be like, oh, that was amazing. And and I can forget the rest. But at the moment, in the context of that game and what happened, it was like the one high point, the one moment that was great. The, the literally, the literal only high point of yeah, the game. Yeah, quite literally. A, a friend of mine, um, well, actually a friend of the show, uh, Stepan Stefan, um, because it was Mother's Day, etc., uh, was busy. And he said to me, he said, I'm recording the game, I'm avoiding all social media. He said, but do me a favour. He said, just send, if it's like awful... Just send me. Don't watch. He mm. said, and then I'll just check the score. You know, yeah. you know, just yeah. just save me from it. So I was like, oh, okay. It's about five minutes to go in the game, and he's messaged me to say, oh, I'm I'm just heading home. I've not heard from you, so I'm taking that as a good sign. I'm like, oh, poor bastard. <laughs> Please tell me you, you know, told him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't cry. I just went, don't watch. Don't went, watch oh, really? Yeah. I said there is literally one moment you will love. I said, and I will send you a clip of it don't watch anything else no. and he was like oh alright and then he obviously looked up and went oh LaBella scored a Rabona and then got sent off <laughs> I was like yeah 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 yeah." it, it sums it up quite nicely he's, he's the first player in some time to come on as a sub score and be sent off <laughs> yeah he just did it all didn't he it was just like the yeah. Lamella show do you know what I, I thought with Lamella because uh, I know we always obviously we joke about calling it you know with his yellow cars l- l- yeah. l- l- yellow yeah. I try saying that yeah. after a couple of drinks, but La Yella. Uh, but yeah. but I'm surprised he doesn't get sent off more often. Like I'm really surprised. It's one, of, it's one of those things. It's quite funny because you said that, and uh, Opta did a thing on Twitter about um, he is one of the most under Pochettino. He was one of the most substituted players upon receiving a yellow card. Right. So it was basically like the Pochettino knew. Like if he gets booked, it's like, all right, take him off. Go get him because off. Because it's <laughs> going to be a red. Just take him off. Um, Jose, Jose brought him on. So, I mean, he's in that awkward situation where he's watching him from the sidelines, probably thinking, oh, chill out, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. But at the same time... I, I, I can't be honest with you. I think Lamella embodied me more than anyone else in that team because he was pissed off mm. and he was trying and he was 
doing everything and running everywhere and trying his best to hound and to create something and to just get in their faces whereas everyone else in the team just looked placid and kind of like oh yeah you know we'll just we'll just wait and have our turn to have the ball shall we i mean one of the things that troubled me most in this game and and it's trouble it's troubled me because i cannot work out in my mind how this happens when you're elite level okay so we can all be critical of players and i know matt doherty is getting slammed and and to be honest with you he deserves to be criticized for this performance definitely um what I don't get is you've got an elite level team here, Premier League level, uh, European level. So people can go, oh, you ain't good enough for us, all that stuff. Look, if they're in this squad, they are at that level, all right? Mm. So don't don't run away with, oh, he's championship at best. No, he's not. <laughs> he's just not playing well for us. You've got Jose Mourinho on the sidelines, who I think all of us can kind of, whatever, whatever your opinion of him uh, you know, my opinion of him, like, I, I've documented it, I, I don't think it's going to work with us, I, I really don't, I've, I've made that decision, I still desperately want to be proved wrong, by the way, but when you've got Jose Mourinho there, who all of us kind of look at as someone who's always been tactically very astute, um, he, he'll make substitutions, you know, if he sees, you know, if it's minute 10, if he's like, oh, this ain't working, he'll make a change. You watch the game, right, mate? Mm. You must have seen that Arsenal got down our right side 15 times in their opening first half. Mm. You know, that's not just... they. It's not just that they were trying different tactics to get past us and moving the ball, and they just had a bit of success down that flank. It actually... It's been called by Optus Stats... The most predictable goal in Premier League history. Because they literally, when you analyse it, Arsenal focused everything down there. Yeah. Like, literally. And the reason why they did that is because they knew Gareth Bale wouldn't track back, whether he's capable or whether he just mentally doesn't do that, because, hey, I'm Gareth Bale. I don't know. And they knew that Matt Doherty is so out of form, if they ran it in with pace, they'd have joy. They hit the crossbar, hit the post before they scored. They created so much getting in behind, all down that side. Why in the hell wasn't a change made? Yeah, yeah. I, I like like that. You know, for everything else that's going on in this game, with the lack of effort and things like that, all the stuff that I can look at and look at the team and say, where was your motivation? For this one thing, I, I am purely looking at Jose, and and I don't I don't understand it. He's made it. He's had to make a change because of Sonny. Perhaps in his mind, he's thinking, I can't make another substitution here. You know, he's thinking we've already made one change. If I'm forced into a second one, you know, I'm going to lose options. So in mind, but to me, if Bale's not tracking back, the simplest thing in the world is to go right. Swap Bale with Lamella. Lamella will track the and just say Lamella sit for a bit, sit in front, just 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 stop what they're doing. Mm. You know, Hoybier, just just stop it. Just someone step out there and stop it at source, prevent this from happening. Because if we've been able to stop that, Arsenal would have had to have adjusted their game plan. They'd have had to have done something different. But 
the fact that we didn't just meant that they had this clear run the whole time. And and their game, like I've said, literally Opta stats have said it's the most predicted predictable goal in Premier League history. And I can and they there's a full article on it and I in my masochist day after the game I read it and was just like, Yeah, they're absolutely spot on. It, it was it is ridiculous how predictable that goal was. Mm. It's almost like you know. Obviously, the the back needs to stop at Mourinho because he's the guy that you know is shouting the orders. But you'd yeah. hope to think, like you say, like you know, a player like Hoybier or Olamide would identify it because they're they're in the game, they're playing yeah. the game, aren't yeah. they? So they yeah. they all must have realised. And I think the problem with with Dotti as well is, um, you're right, he's he's horribly out of form, but. Yeah. People forget as well when he when he was playing for Wolves, he was he was predominantly a wing back. So he, you know, he, well, he's he's been a wing back for like ten years. Yeah, yeah. So so he's he's not playing the wing back position. He's having to play yeah. it like as a as a as a left back. You know, so he's having to kind of um, yeah play almost a completely different game because you look at him when when he was playing for Wolves. You know, yeah. I my memories of Doherty playing for Wolves was crossing the ball in or being on the end of a cross. You know, basically being a wide forward. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's. I know it's not as extreme as that time when we played Chelsea and Sonny was put in the left back position, but it, it, it is <laughs> yeah. a kind of like, it, you know, it's not as extreme example as that, but it is still a kind of. We I think we forget sometimes that he's not naturally, um, no, you, you know, the, in the position that he normally plays. You know, we we we've saying that, and it raises bigger questions because. Obviously, when we signed Doherty, and me and you make this joke a lot, so apologies for people listening, but when you look at him on paper, it made every bit of sense. Physical presence, six foot something, uh, great for defending set pieces, which is something we were struggling with last season, um, and a reputation for getting forward. As a right-back, right-wing-back option at the club, it it seemed perfect. Premier League experienced, homegrown, um, you know, he's been in the Premier League for a good few years, so it, it, every it, like every box was ticked with that signing. The thing that I'm I'm questioning that, or the thing that sort of confuses me, is when we were scouting him, when we were looking at him, did no one assess the fact of how he would play as a right back in a back four? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and don't get me wrong, people can just get horribly out of form, you know, uh, moved house, moved club, all these things can happen and, and you can create something and then players can suddenly turn it around and, and you know, like like I said before, I, if in the summer we were looking at all of our options, I, I wouldn't be against him being given a second season in the hope that, you know, I've settled now and, and I can kick on, I, you know, I wouldn't hate that. Um, the Arsenal performance is an absolute abomination, but I, I, I can't blame just him in this because when you when you've got a situation where a team have targeted you, you need help. You you need support. Um, whether perhaps he, he wasn't brave enough to scream at his teammates like what the fuck are you all doing? Yeah, maybe he doesn't feel he's got the presence in the squad because of his form to shout at Gareth Bale and say, "Are you going to help?" You you know mm. you Welsh womble <laughs> and ask back in you know yeah sure and by the way get a haircut <laughs> I, I just I just don't uh, it's difficult and I and I'm looking at that whole team on Sunday and I'm like who who is actually doing anything here you know Larissa's captain I saw him go absolutely ballistic at Toby over something and Toby turned around and like gave a gave like a barrel back and I was like well at least those two seem to give a crap yeah. you know those two are, are fired up 
Um, Sanchez, what, what do you think about the penalty? Because I've I've watched this so many times, and like my brain flips between it was a dumbass challenge. Of course, they're going to give a penalty. To actually, in the rules, it's not. No, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And I, I can't, I'm can't, stuck. It's, 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 do you think it's because of the high foot? That's why it was it was given. The official reason afterwards is just uh, challenge didn't make contact with the ball. Right. And I'm like, but the ball had gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like um, there, there was a referee on, on Twitter, uh, an FA referee, oh, obviously not one of no, but just someone who's a qualified FA referee. And he put, you know, technically, that, you know, the, technically that's not a penalty. You know, the, the player has had the goal scoring opportunity. He's then booted the ball away. And the player who was trying to make a block then makes contact with him. That, you know, it's not like he was scissoring him to the ground. Mm. You know, that's not what's happened. He's made contact with him. Whilst he is trying to block a shot, the guy's shot, however, ends up in row Z. So, if the guy was hitting that shot on target, the defender would have blocked it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because of the way he got his body angle. But like I said, he does bring the guy down in the box, and it's like, well, if he does that anywhere else on the pitch, is it a free kick? Probably. So technically, it's a penalty. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm trying to be as kind of uh, objective as I possibly can with it. But it is, again, another decision that I can it annoys me because I feel like I'm going to see this again and have already seen it in other games where it's not given. Do you know what's frustrating as well? I know this is a conversation me and you have had uh, in the past recently as well, mm. is the fact because there's no fans in there, players yeah. who are on the receiving end can make such a oh, meal of things, can't man, they? Yeah, and the, the noises. I mean, Lacazette's mm. the worst for it. Yeah. Match of the day did a whole segment on it with a screamometer for the noise he can make. Um, it's funny, it's like you said that about uh, Lamella being sent off. I, Lamella got sent off because he pissed the referee off. This is the reality. The referee saw him charging around doing stuff. The referee told him to calm down. And then the next mildly brushing against an Arsenal player, he was getting sent off. Mm. At that point, where where's the leadership in the team, not someone to go, Oi, Eric, or Coco, chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the referee is literally looking at you now. You know, he is literally waiting for a reason. You know, he's got his hand on the red card. Mm. Don't give it to him. Mm. Um, because it's like, it's lacking. Like, the leadership's lacking. We talk about Harry Kane uh, being captain of England. Harry Kane in in this game was basically non-existent. He, um, I mean, he hit the free kick, which hit the post at the end because of his. Uh, which, by the way, I'm always amazed when he hits a free kick on target. I know that's really rude, and I love Harry Kane with with all my heart, but I'd never expect him with a free kick yeah. to do anything. I mean, with I mean, it. that's that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, Harry Kane is is world class. There's no arguing yeah, that. But yeah, yeah. he's not a free kick taker, and and the only no, free kick no. of note that I remember. Uh, it's that one against Villa, but it took a massive deflection. It took a massive deflection, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But since that went in, he's like, I am king. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if Bale had been on the pitch, you know, Bale would have taken that, I'm sure. Mm. But he he did it the post, and then it comes back to Sanchez, who, by the way, does amazingly well to get a shot back on target, and they cleared it off the line. It, mm. You know, it, it, we would. <laughs> I know this is controversial, but we we didn't deserve anything from that game. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, we something. nearly snatched a point. We yeah. nearly did, but we, we didn't, and that's the reality. And that's a real sad, painful reality as a Tottenham fan to say. It's it's like I, I watched it start to finish, and 
I just I I cannot get over this. You know where is the fight? And so I'm like my brain's going over overdrive. Like what's going on? Why why is the problem? And and I gotta say I I know I've talked about how I don't think Jose is going to work out for us. And I know my opinions out there on that now. So people are probably you know think I'm just completely against him when I'm not because I he and his assistant from start to finish were screaming at the team. I mean, like, literally, you know, press, get at them, get at them, what are you doing, press. I mean, if Jose was setting up us up to be super negative, he does not start the game with Bale, Sonny, Lucas and Kane. Yeah, of course, yeah. If Jose's setting us up to be negative and surrender the ball, that would be the most moronic team selection in the history of the world. <laughs> Because that is just not set up to play that game at all. You just don't do it. He went out there to, to play the way we've been playing in recent games, which was to try and get on the ball and and beat beat them. He went out there to try and beat them, and the players showed up like they thought, you know. And and you can say, well, you know, he's he's in charge of motivating them, etc. But if he's on the sidelines screaming from start to finish and he really was like you you can hear him over the commentators at times screaming press and on a fair few times shout fucking hell by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which seems to be his go-to phrase <laughs> i uh, i don't know what I, like i'm at a loss and there was an article written by alistair gold for football london and it kind of really hit me in a in a bad way which is it was reminiscent to Pochettino when he was just losing his mind with this team. Like, what are you doing? And he said, and Pochettino towards the end stopped standing on the sidelines. He'd just be sat on the bench looking resigned to the fact the team aren't listening to him. Yeah. yeah. And he said there was this moment where Jose just stopped shouting, turned around and sat on the bench. And, and I think Sky even caught on a camera. He sort of had this weird look on his face of like, what what the what the fuck? Yeah. You know what 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 have I got to do, or what has anybody got to do? So it raises this bigger question of like, what the hell is going on? Um, it it does worry you as well because because you know you can you can understand um, a team not raising raising their game and not yeah. not ignoring Mourinho, but kind of just mm. not feeling the, the you know because you can like you say you can clearly see from the from the from the uh, from where he was, that he was yeah. trying to urge him, he's trying to inject yeah, something yeah, into them. Was, yeah. And if and if they're not get, if they're not inject if that if they're not feeling it themselves in a North London yeah. derby, well, then that's, that's that my, worries me a that's little. My worry, yeah, that 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 is my worry because you, you're into this situation where it's like, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> I, I just can't, I, I don't know what else can motivate you as a player going into a game. So. Like I said, I've been searching and searching to try and think of a reason, and the the most the, the most common reason I'm seeing from fellow fans is they're done with the manager. You know, you do a comparison; they were down tools under Pochettino. They don't think it's working under Jose, so they're they're just not motivated by him. They're not, you know, they're not playing for him. I don't know about that, and my fear is actually in some ways a little bit more alarming is I don't think they're fit. I, I don't think they're fit enough. 
and I and whether that's Jose and the responsibility of the coaches, whether that's the players and their aptitude, or whether it's uh, the fact that we've played more games than any other team in the Premier League this season and we haven't been able to rotate as much as we should have, I, I, I don't know. But it is the only explanation I can possibly give for the absolute abject apathy I saw from some of those players. Hoybier, for example, in the first North London derby of the season, basically could have taken that entire Arsenal team on by himself in that game, and I think I would have backed him. He was all over him. Mm. In this game, I mean, they walked past him. It was embarrassing. Do you know, do you know Sam, your, your theory's probably got legs, mate, because, um, like you say, we, we have played more far more games than... than um, yeah. Any other team? I mean, it, we were the second team to score a hundred goals in in, in in a season this season, wasn't yeah. we? After I think Bayern yeah. Munich in, in in the five top European yeah. leagues, and and part that's a big part of the fact that we have played so many more games. Like you know, all the European, all the Europa qualifiers, and you know, we've done fairly well in the cups. I appreciate that you know we're at the FA Cup now, but we've we've been, we've been playing a lot of games. I mean, we had to play four, just didn't we, just to qualify for the Europa League? You know, so. Yeah. We have, we have been playing a lot more, and probably a good example, you know, the the Hoibier is a, a good example, but Sonny coming off, uh, and, and yeah, I think you said yeah. it was just a muscle strain, but these yeah, are the kind luckily. of injuries you get from when you're fatigued, and when you... Yeah, and he, and he has looked fatigued for weeks, mm. and, and that is something, you know, again, and I, I don't want to bang this about Jose, but... You have got other players in that position in the squad who he obviously doesn't trust to the point that he trusts Sonny. And yeah. I get that. Sonny, for me, is a world-class forward. Hmm. But if he's run himself into the ground to the point that he's now snatching at chances which he was burying earlier in the season, which is true, we can all see that, and he's also running the risk, you know, into the red zone, running the risk of these muscle problems, it harks back to the documentary and... You know, Jose getting angry with the physios and the medical staff on a regular basis and just demanding that players play. And and you kind of have this thing in your mind of, you know, is he is he actually capable of understanding, you know, modern game, you know, the game every year evolves. It does every single season. And when a physio and a sports scientist says to Jose, look, he's he's in the red zone, he needs to be rested, Jose's like, nah, he can walk, look, see, he's fine. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <You know? yeah, laughs> yeah. Pochettino was always, you know, his son was a sports scientist and Pochettino was a study study of it as well. And he was kind of like, no, 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 the minute they say this player needs to be rested, he gets rested. And, you know, Pep Guardiola's a big believer in that and he rotates in and out players. And sometimes he rotates players and you're looking and you're like, what the hell is he doing? Why is so-and-so not playing? And, well, that's why, because he's a big believer in you need to work them through an entire season and work the squad. We, We developed in the summer what I felt on paper was a very, very strong squad. And I fully expected to see you know, almost uh, different teams play Europa League games compared to League Cup, compared to FA Cup and the Premier League, especially when you take into account the condensed schedule. You know, we're not only playing more games than everybody else, the schedule, because of COVID, is, you know, compressed. So the team, you know, it's not just that we had to play a few extra qualifiers and start the season early. We've literally been playing three games a week every week, pretty much for the yeah. season. Yeah, and and do you know do you know what? Like, 
because when you said that, my first thought was, well, you know, surely every other team's got to go through the same thing. going through the same mm-hmm. thing. But then, when you look at other teams, you can then see why the likes of Liverpool, you know, are really yeah. struggling. Like you yeah, know, and, yeah, yeah, a, a bit because of that. So it, it's not something that's just like, you know, it's been condensed. We seem to be the only team suffering from the effects no, of it. No, it, it, lots it, of people have, and and you look at Man City's start to the season was poor. You know, we 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 came out firing and dominated. Man City was poor, but Man City were sticking to their guns around rotation and and keeping the squad fresh and moving players around. Liverpool started the season fairly well. Um, Man United started quite poorly and had sort of. I mean, Man United really up and down to be honest. With you. I'm not mm. quite sure. Not quite sure I can put much to that. But Man City came through that Christmas up to Christmas period and then just went on that run. What like so many games winning in a row and and that was purely down to the fact that every other team just crumbled I mean Leicester City crumbled you know Leicester City were looking like they could win the league again this season they certainly don't now I mean they're still up there but they certainly don't now Everton Everton started the season everyone's going oh wow look at Everton look at the side they've built and just you know fallen off you know there's no challenger to man city now <laughs> there, no. there really well, isn't no and do you know that the biggest the biggest example i can think of of the team that would were up there and fallen off is southampton you know massively, massively huge off. yeah and and but you look at the, you look at the fixtures and stuff and there's certain teams like teams who aren't in europe for example are right up there west ham west ham are right up there yeah and, and yeah. they play very well and you know they deserve to be right up there but they've not had the European fixtures or anything like that to go in there. So whereas when they've played against teams in that block with them, you know, like Everton didn't have it, Southampton didn't have it as well, they have had a slight advantage. Yeah, of you know, course. They've been able to rest. You know, when we played West Ham and lost to them, we'd played in the week. Yeah, they, do, they do didn't. Know, they had a full know, week to just focus yeah, on us. Yeah, completely. Sam, I wouldn't even call it a slight advantage because... Like you say, that the, the the season has been massively condensed, and you know, yeah. you, you look at that first. Was it the first uh, two or three weeks of the season for us? And I think you posted on, um, might have been even on Facebook, or I can't remember if you put yeah. it in our little in our little group chat. That it was something like thirteen games in like nineteen yeah. days. It was it's something ridiculous, it, it was, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. It was but, like uh, thirteen in twenty four or something. Yeah, like that. and we kind of. Like, we, yeah, we laughed and like thought that's ridiculous. But when you actually look at it, that is that that look you, that is something huge, isn't it? When when you look mm. at West Ham, who wouldn't have yeah. had any of the qualifiers and you know any some of the a lot of the games that we didn't have. Without without looking that up, I, I, I the, the period of time that was, there were six domestic games. So when we played thirteen, they would have played six. Yeah, more than half less than us. Yeah. 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 And that um, makes a yeah. massive difference. And that's not even that's not that's not thirteen games in a month. That's that's in a that's no. in a very but, condensed but this, period but of time. Comes, this comes back to my point about when I looked at it the summer and the squad building we'd done. I looked at it and was like, well, this there is a second team there who's going to play all of the Europa League games in the in the qualifiers and the group. And there's a do you know what I mean? It was like there's mm. such a you know we built a strong second squad. And we played this game in the Europa League and we lost, if you remember. And Jose right. afterwards said, that's why I don't play them. Yeah, that's right. It was like, you're yeah. all saying, you know, why don't I rotate more? And that's why. Mm. The, problem, <laughs> the problem with that is you're throwing in a team together who 
don't play every single week. Literally a scratch team. You're expecting them to go out there and have some sort of momentum and ability against a team who are literally playing together every single week. Yeah. And then you get mad at them for losing the game and you throw them under the bus. And you're like, like I don't, I don't buy into that. I know that's very Jose, but that's one of the reasons I struggle with him. Because after that, we've not rotated to the point of that. We, we've, you know, one or two players in and out, uh, sort of four or five changes if we we're playing on a Thursday and then again on a Sunday morning. But we've constantly struggled with the kind of momentum issue. Now, this kind of leads into what I want to talk about next, which is the Europa League, because it kind of feels after the North London Derby defeat, we really need to draw a line under top four. There's 10 Premier League games left. Now, that's 30 points, so anything is possible. But I think based on the way we play in the league and just the unpredictable nature of the way we're playing, I think we've got to accept that the top four is beyond us and we just got mm. to try and finish as high as we possibly can. Mm. With that being said, that means we have to focus. It's like literally Europa League or bust for this season. Because if we win the Europa League... One, it's a trophy. Two, you're in the Champions League next year. I do just want to say, as I'm recording this, there's a house near me with construction work going on, so if everyone can hear massive drilling and stuff in the background, I'm really sorry. I thought there was a motorbike in the back of this. <laughs> no, man. They've been working on this house from like 8 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night for a wow. month. It's been driving me insane. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely driving me insane. But anyway, so apologies. I'll try and edit it out and quiet it as best I can, but I've got headphones on and I can hear it really clearly, so I know you can probably hear it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so sorry, so apologies for that. But um, back to what I was saying about the Europa League, it feels to me like that has to be it. And I th- I've got a feeling Jose feels the same way because in the press conference yesterday, he confirmed we were going with a strong team. Kane starting, etc. Mm. We're 2 0 up. It, it, what message does that send to the squad of what faith the manager has in you? If you're going to this team on a Thursday night, Dinamo Zagreb, whose manager has just been uh, quit, by the way, because he's been jailed for five years. Yeah. Did you, it, do you know that? what? I, I, I Seb, Seb asked me, because I told Seb about him. Uh, I said, oh, they haven't got their manager because he's been sacked. He said, oh, uh, he's going to prison. He said, oh, why is he going to prison? Yeah. I said, because oh, he's um, he embezzled like something like £10 million yeah. pounds out of the club. But he's yeah. like, doesn't Mourinho get paid something like five million pound a year? I was like, yeah. Not every manager gets paid what Mourinho gets paid. Not every yeah, manager yeah. needs to embezzle. They're just they do like Mourinho's doing it legally. <laughs> yeah, Mourinho's on fifteen million a year as well. Oh, fifteen is it? Oh, God, I thought yeah, it was five. Just, Jesus. No, no, man, just just to depress you. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Christ. So this poor guy's got five years in jail for like basically trying to embezzle three two thirds of what Mourinho actually. Yeah legally takes every hit from his club yep. yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah yeah and, yeah so any, anyway just just shake that off for a minute because that's 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 gonna hurt my brain but the um yeah so Dinamo Zagreb we're 2-0 up from the first leg when, when I looked at that I'd, I'd say you know that's not they looked a really good tidy team in this but if we don't have the faith in the backup players to see out a game with a 2-0 lead then that's worrying. Yeah, I mean, like you, you're right. Like another you know, message you're sending out, like Vinicius would be a good example. Like Vinicius yeah. must be thinking, like, what does it take for me to get a full ninety minutes well, here? Like, you know. But it's not just Vinicius. This, this is this is the big problem that Tottenham have had, but Tottenham have created themselves, which is 
every one of us know for a whole season we need another striker in the squad. We have to have one because on too many occasions Kane will pick up an ankle injury or a muscle injury. He cannot physically play 40 to 50 games in a season. He just can't. (laughs) So we have to at times rotate him and have someone else who can start. And there's this, this big thing about, oh, you know, so-and-so wouldn't sign for Tottenham because of Harry Kane. So-and-so wouldn't sign for... Well, we signed Vinicius on loan. Vinicius is coming, and his record for us is actually quite good. He's actually scored, like, I think across 12 appearances, across you know, whether he's come on as a sub or whatever, he scored six, created three. Right. As, as a complete stop-start backup, that's that's... Kind of what you want, isn't it? Would, you know, would you, you, uh, you, yeah. I was going to say something because we we I was listening to the radio the other day, and I think it was Aston Villa versus Newcastle, yeah. and I think because Newcastle have got quite a few injuries, and I think the, the the guy on the radio was saying that the the, the guys have got there, the most any of them have scored is two goals. Yeah. Like one of them scored two, and someone scored one, yeah. and that is in the hold of the first eleven. So yeah. here we've got a player that can't even. Yeah. He's, he's struggling scored, to get yeah, into the first team. Who's, who can, yeah. who's probably scored more than most of the, the Newcastle first team combined. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> but my, my point is, the greater point, which is at the end of this season, I'm fairly confident Vinicius loan is going to end. He's going to go back to this club. We're not going to take up that option on him. I'm, I'm fairly confident of that. But if you're another striker and the club, the club are then looking to replace a second striker at the club, are you going to join you know, like, what yeah. more does a player have to do? You know, like, Vinicius, like, okay, we're going to give him a run out in the FA Cup against, you know, against some easy team, scores a hat-trick. Yeah, that's what you'd expect him to do. That's what you'd mm. want him to do. I, I don't think Soldado or Vincent Janssen would have done that. Vinicius did. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, he, he plays against some team in the Europa League. He scores goals. He sets up goals. Because that's what he's there to do. You're like, you're literally bringing this guy in so Kane doesn't have to play every single game and then you get to a point in the season and don't get me wrong if we were going into the Europa League quarterfinal semi-final final you'd want Kane to be starting all of the big yeah, of games course. but we've got this game here we're 2-0 up uh, Dinamo Zagreb who, or whether they're presenting a kind of oh nothing's changed we'll find there's going to be a bit of disruption in that of team of course there is yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a bit of an offset if that game you cannot leave Kane on the bench and start Vinicius, you know, Kane is the insurance policy, but hopefully you just get to sit there and, you know, watch a game of football, then what was the point of having him? Mm-hmm. And every other striker Tottenham approached this summer is gonna just go, No. Because yeah. any time that guy was called upon he did the business and yet you still didn't trust him yeah. or you still didn't play him. You know, if you're not playing him in the Europa League, then he ain't ever gonna play and I'm not gonna waste my career sat on your bench. Yeah, completely, yeah. And the flip side is like someone said to me about Jose Mourinho appointed the Dane Scarlet. Said, "Oh, next year this kid's going to be in the first team squad." I'm like, "Well, that, that's for a 17 year, 16, 17 year old. That's going to sound great, but then he ain't going to play. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if Jose doesn't trust a 25 year old striker who scored goals all you know in Portugal on a regular basis and scores for us when he is playing." Then is he going to trust a seventeen-year-old kid off the bench? Yeah, completely. Yeah. This is this is Jose, and would would we as a team, as a fan base, as a squad, think that that's adequate backup for Kane? Mm. Mm. You know, yeah, let's agree, imagine mate. now we start the season and Kane gets injured. You know, God heaven forbid, you know, it's a serious injury. He's going to miss months of the season, and we have literally got 
Dane Scarlett, which is yeah. nothing against him because I think this kid is phenomenal with potential. But you would not want to just go, there you go, kid. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good luck. The, yeah, the key word's potential, Sam, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, like Troy Parrott's never. Troy Parrott has got loads of potential. And, you know, he's still only just turned 19. And But I'd still want him to have more time on loan or more games before before we, we suddenly went, he's our guy. We're going to mm. rely on him now. You know, he he's mm. going to be the kid. Um, but I don't know. I I I'm at a loss with it. But it does worry me that we are sending this signal of no matter you know if we sign you, you're just coming to sit on our bench. Yeah, completely. Because what yeah. one, what sort of player does that attract? If you attract any, and two, it's going to make it so difficult. But it's not just the striker position as well. You know, you look around. Um, there, there's positions in this team where we pick up players and we've signed them and brought them in. And they've kind of not really been given a chance to kick on from 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 much more than just being a bit part player, which is aggravating. But this is the way it is. Uh, it's just yeah, it's it's probably comes down to I guess, and it and you know it's it's a criticism of Mourinho, but I guess a lot of managers managers like it. But it is that yeah. trust issue, isn't it? He needs to. It is. It is. Have the trust. trust and, yeah. Pochettino was the same Pochettino yeah. would rotate towards yeah. the end but I think a lot of us as fans looked there and just went he can't you know he's mm. been so deprived of funds to refresh the squad squad enrichment <laughs> um, you know he's, he's just hitting a wall here um, yeah. Mourinho did get given funds they did build a squad that all of us looked at on paper and went yeah, yeah there are options in every position there great Use them. And, yeah, yeah, and, that, and and we've just got to the point. And I mean, fans are quite bad with this, man. I mean, yeah, we start a game with Ben Davis and Doherty, and before we've even kicked the ball, the fans are just like, "Oh well, we've lost." Yeah, yeah. You know, Sanchez. Oh, Sanchez is playing. We're mm. going to concede goals. This is. Mm. It's like really, you know. I know we're not in the stadium, and that doesn't transfer directly to the players. But it's just like, how toxic a fan base do we have? That you just negative all the time, and I, I did, you know, I do look at it sometimes. Like, oh, he's out of form, but then you, my brain goes, but then he's got to play to get the form back. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I you mean, you, you look at. Uh, I remember uh, the last. I think it was when Mourinho took over, and Dyer. Um, I mean, yeah. I've not been too impressed with Dyer this season, to be honest. But um, I, I think early on, I think he was playing well. Yeah, I think from our our decline. Um, you know, from December. I, I mean, he just before that, I think, sort of November time. I don't know whether he had a knock or something or what, but he's just been. He just, he just looks completely out of his depth. Yeah, you know? but do, do you know looks, when yeah. I, when when he when Mourinho signed? Because I remember, I think he had a lot of a big injury, but I don't think he was getting played by Pochettino over when he was fit. And then no. um, Mourinho brought him on and I remember being at games obviously this was like you know pre-Covid and I, and I can remember watching thinking he just he looks awful he looks like you said yeah. completely out of his depth but yeah. because it, it, it seems quite apparent whether for the Portuguese connection or whatever Mourinho really likes him yeah. he just he just he just trusted him and, and like and you, and you could see he was he was playing awful but yeah. I think that's the problem isn't it where where like Mourinho has but apparent, it, it seems apparent he's got a connection. So he's like, right, I'm going to have that trust in you because of that. There's yeah. other players that that you'd wish you'd kind of have that same attitude with, you know? You you do. I mean, uh, the, the perfect example is Deli Alley. Yeah. Mean, Deli Alley is one of those players where if you give him a run of games, I think Deli will create. I think Deli will create space. He will create chances. He will he will score. 
but he's not giving that to him mm. at all. You know, the yeah. whole clear of the air January thing, and he's had a couple of you know a couple of starts. I mean, he scored that phenomenal over overhead kick in Europe. You know, but he's not allowed him to play in the Premier League. Right. I mean, what? I, I don't know. I mean, because yeah. Lucas has been playing in that ten role, and Lucas has been doing well. I mean, I don't want to discourage him at all, but you got to just look at this and go, really? You're looking at a 22, 23-year-old homegrown player in Delhi, a 27, 28-year-old non-homegrown player in Lucas, and you think it's better that Lucas plays minutes over Delhi when we could... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like difficult in my brain. I, I can't... I can't wrap my head around the the kind of decision making, and when I think um, Jamie Carragher hit the nail on the head when he said, "When you make everything about the result, like literally, you are just purely result driven. You don't care about the performance. You don't care about individuals. Everyone can moan at me, the fans can boo me, but I'm winning. The minute you don't win, you you get hammered. You know, you you just you're just going to get slaughtered." And that's the reality with Jose. Jose yeah. is just all about the result. And they, mm. they, I mean, one of the most worrying things which Opta did after this game is is this. Right, I'm going to read this to you verbatim from an Opta tweet, Opta stats. Since beating Arsenal to go top of the league in December, Tottenham have played against teams in the top half of the Premier League. So you're not talking top six here, just in the top half of the league eight times. Seven times in league games and once in the FA Cup, and we have lost all eight. Wow, yeah, that's that's pretty depressing. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's <sighs> damning, isn't it? I yeah. mean, that's like literally our only points are coming from teams in the bottom half of the league or outside of the league, mm. and and yeah. since December. Yeah, oh, you know, we we were top of the Premier League. We were top. We beat Arsenal. We were top of the league. And since then, we have not been able to beat any other team or even get a point against any other team in the top half of the league. That That's that's a record that, to be blunt, managers would be fired for. You know, Chelsea would have fired him five times by now. Oh, completely, yeah. He would have been well gone if he... Gone. Gone, gone, and gone. I mean, gone if they, if they can sack their... If they can sack their probably they're one of their greatest ever legends yeah. <laughs> because they're like outside the top four then he would have yeah. been flying out the door wouldn't he months yeah. ago yeah. yeah and and by the way that's proven to be justified yeah of course it has yeah they're doing they've, the, they've the turned man, it around yeah. now, haven't they the manager they've brought in uh out thought diego simeone and they beat atletico madrid soundly yeah. last night like they absolutely did them yeah um, so they've made that change and it's worked for them and they are on course now to have a very good season I, I, I'm i not one for like I don't want to be like Chelsea I don't want to be that kind of club but at the same time I do want success I do want us to do something mm. and it just when you when you analyse that and when you look at that and you think about the way the team play the vast majority of the time it is very difficult to understand or, or to to fathom how this season's going to be saved. Mm. You know, you literally got a one-off game coming up against Man City for the League Cup. Uh, if if for example this season finishes, we're eighth in the league. We win we win the League Cup. Okay, we get knocked out of the Europa by I don't know Zagreb do us tonight for example. So we literally finished the season with the League Cup. That would mean that Jose Mourinho's won a trophy. It's the first trophy the club have won in bloody ages. 
would that would that be enough for you personally? It, it's just it's just George Graham all over again, isn't it? You know, mid table yeah, and the League yeah, Cup, it and is. it's just funny enough. I was um uh that 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 um I was listening to Talk Sport the other day, and Jamie O'Hara's presenting on it now, oh, and yeah. and I like it because he's very biased towards Spurs. I, I do like that. Yeah, he was. You know, you know, he's an asshole, right? <laughs> do you know what you say that? But um, I, I, I met him uh, after a game a few years ago, and he was yeah. actually all right. Like I said, I can have a no, picture, Jamie. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a story about Jamie. I'll tell you after. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just. Do you know what? Talking about that now, I've completely lost my train of thought with what I was oh, going to say about. You're talking, you're talking about talk sport. Um, I was talking about the, you know, the the team uh, Jose and stuff, and possibly winning a league cup, and that just being like George Graham, and you said you were listening to talk sport and Jamie O'Hara. Yeah, him. that's right. Yeah, and and he he was talking. He had someone else on who said, "Look, because Jamie O'Hara was saying, look, you know, we'll, we'll win this cup, and you know, if we, if if we, and he was saying we, which I really liked as well." Yeah. It means that we can then kick on from that. And and the other guy, I take it wasn't a Tottenham fan, was saying, "Yeah, you say that." He said, "But look at the last time you won a League Cup. Did you kick on yeah. then? Like, what? Why does why does winning a League Cup mean you're going to then kick on and start winning trophies?" Yeah. And he and to be fair, he had a point. Well, yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. I'm, I mean, like it's it's not like you know Man City won the League Cup and then they kicked on and started winning Premier Leagues for fun. It's a completely different beast when it comes to Spurs. We haven't got the money that they've spent, you know. So all right, we might win a League Cup, but what does why does that necessarily mean in the next season? Then we're going to win the Premier League. If, or... if Tottenham were competing in the league, so if we were in the top four and fighting, so we were top of the league in December. If that was continuing, we were in a title race. We were in a top four battle, genuinely up there, mm. and we were playing well. I'm not talking about like oh, it's incredible football. I'm just like you know playing well on a consistent basis. We were advancing in the Europa League. Yeah, we got knocked out of the FA Cup by Everton, but to be honest, there's no disgrace in that. We got that out the fifth round, whatever, you know, so we've progressed well and we win the League Cup. You would look at that and go, yeah, that could be a catalyst. That Mm. could be finally the trophy things off their back, you know, and now that will allow them to take that extra step, you know, like in the league, they're, they're fighting for it, but now they'll have the belief to take that step. You could understand that point of view. The issue I've got is the reality is we are a mid-table Premier League team currently, at best. You look, listen to that stat I read earlier. We've not beaten a team in the top half since December, in eight attempts. That is shocking. It's not <laughs> we've not just beaten; we've lost every game. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You're completely right. We've lost every game we played. That's appalling. That that's a record of a team that shouldn't be anywhere near the top four let alone the top six we are mid-table we are back to mid-table mediocrity and we all are angry about that the FA Cup we lost just a bizarre game but yeah we got knocked out of that we are in the League Cup final we are advancing in the Europa League and you know if we do get past Dinamo Zagreb tonight then obviously we'll then have the draw for the next round and we we have no idea who that's going to be Personally, I'd like it to be Arsenal. Yeah, I can see it. Just because I really want some revenge, (sighs) but it just I'm I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with it because I'm looking at and I'm like I cannot I cannot see a squad of players here that look motivated and look like they're ready to do something. I I don't see it. I think it's tiredness, sir. I think you're absolutely right. Like you know, you 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 look at the um, you, you you know, we talked about. 
the amount of games we played, we look at we, we talked about how he's not rotating the squad as much as he should. So you're looking at players like Hoybier who've been playing every single game. Yeah, you know, yeah, big time, these are yeah. players that have just been playing every single game, and yeah. it's gonna like I know they're like you know again you mentioned they're elite Premier League players, yeah. elite fitness, but they're still human beings. And no, they, no, like, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely spot on. Mm. You know, you they are elite level. We are Premier League level, but they are then being asked to play at that level on a consistent basis beyond what they've ever had to do before. Yep. You have to rotate. It just, it's like, it's not rocket science and yet it appears to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that time of the show and a little bit late where we hand over the questions from our Instagram and Facebook page. Um, I've, I, I've read one of these yesterday. Um, so this should be interesting. Okay. Now it's time for your comments. We are going to start Instagram with the JMFS who says, Was the loss to Arsenal just a hiccup in the uptick of good play? Or was it a sign that Tottenham have only been beating up on subpar opposition and we will still lose against any decent challenge? Well, your last stat just... Just answer that question. Yeah, I was about to say. Unfortunately, it would appear that the statistics show that we just aren't beating anybody in in the top half of the league. You know, it's not just the top six. It's, mm, top ten. Ah, that's painful. Yeah. That's really, really painful. But yeah, I feel like we've asked, asked and answered that already in a very depressing way. Uh, Simon Whiteman on Facebook says, why is there no fight in our players? Apart from Lamella, of course. The the derbies with Chelsea, West Ham and Arsenal especially, we just rolled over until it was too late. It's so frustrating because those teams are not that great, but Spurs made them look great. Uh, I I think Arsenal's a great example of that. I've I've watched Arsenal quite a lot this season because uh, they've got a couple of quite good young players coming through. Um, and you know, taking my biased hat off aside and putting an England cap on, it's been quite interesting to see how they develop. Um, and just through fluke, I've ended up watching a fair few of their games. They they are not actually a good side. I know, I know we just lost to them, but they are struggling. You know, Granite Zaki in the middle of the field needs to be so far away from that club. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the guy is just a walking catastrophe. And yet against us, he looked like the best midfield general ever in the history of the world football. <laughs> It is beyond frustrating, Simon. I've got I've got no answer for you. We've just discussed this for like 30, 40 minutes of the podcast. I mean, I, I, fatigue. I, I don't I don't know. I cannot work out where the motivation goes because in London derbies, you, you kind of if you looked at us and we were a complete foreign legion club, you could say they don't get it, they don't understand it. But you've got a squad there with the backbone. You know, Lloris, French international captain, but he's been in the club long enough to know that these games are important. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you step through the team, you know, uh, Kane at the other end of the pitch. It, I, I just don't know. I don't know what to put. I mean, there's this criticism being levied at Kane right now, and I've always laughed this off that he vanishes in big games, right? Right. This season, genuinely, I am trying to find in my mind an example of Kane in a in a big game coming to the fore. Can you help? No, you're right. I, I can't. I, maybe there has been one, but I don't I yeah. can't recall one. Anybody listening, drop me a message because genuinely, 
genuinely I want an example in my brain because there are sometimes you know you just forget performances and especially this season it's like so many games mm. you know but there are so many occasions I can think in my mind like, oh well you, you was brilliant oh yeah but I was against so and so maybe and, the, oh, yeah. do you know maybe the Man United game if I can think of one earlier in the season he, yeah. he scored yeah, a couple fair. didn't he the Man United um, game he was phenomenal um, yeah Six, when was it yeah, six, you know, and and South and Southampton. He was but good. yeah, but Southampton. Um, but, Southampton were right up there. Yeah, but apart from that, I mean, but you, I, I think it's almost like, like you said, with that state, it's it's pre, um, like so you got you had the December. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, everything seemed to be really good then, didn't it? Uh, and it just seems. <laughs> yeah. but, but, oh, but that, we, but that we, leads, were all, we were all so happy. <laughs> but that leads that that again just adds weight to the theory that the guys are just absolutely shattered, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's it's hard. I I can't. We could talk about this for days. I, I'm just struggling with it. Um, Liam Hickey says, looking at the Arsenal performance, you can see Jose and Jao screaming at the players to drive forward. So clearly, it's not his tactics making us sit deep. Harry Kane had more touches around the middle for an defensive than going forward. Whilst he is arguably one of the best strikers in the world, I feel him dropping back helping to defend is causing us more harm than good. He would be better suited to the number 10 role behind the striker, allowing the striker, son, or bail, etc. to push forward. Um, I, I know you've written more, Liam, um, but I'm, you're just kind of explaining your, your point of view. Um, the thing with Harry Kane is he is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best out-and-out number 9s in world football. The issue is he's also probably one of the best creative players in world football as well. And you could easily make an argument for him playing off of a out-and-out striker or playing as an out-and-out striker, and which he would be better in, I, I honestly don't know. I think as the years are going by and injuries are taking their toll on Harry, he is naturally dropping deeper and allowing others to run off of him. Uh, think of who his idols are, Klingsman and Sheringham. You've almost got a perfect hybrid in Harry Kane, <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, Sheringham, as his career, I mean, Sheringham played till he was like 38 years old, and you'd never know he was one of the oldest players on the pitch because his game became drop deep, ping a pass, flick it on, someone gets on on the end of it, scores, and I just arrive in the box for a tap-in every now and again. <laughs> yeah. um, and you just, you, you, the guy just didn't appear to age. It was like from the age of like 30 to 38 or whenever it was he retired, he was still the same player. It was phenomenal. And I think Kane uh, said in an interview, he he wants to play till he's 40. Wow. You know, he's like, he's like, you know what, I, I want to keep going. I want to adjust my game and make a difference. Um, the debate over him dropping back and everything is Kane plays for Tottenham in a way that he would never play for any other club. And he plays for Tottenham like I believe any of us as fans would play if they were on the pitch, which is Roy of the Rovers level. Yeah. And when when he's on and when players are playing well nobody's critical of the fact he drops deep and pings a pass and Sonny goes in behind and scores. Everyone calls it phenomenal and he's amazing. It's incredible. When things aren't going well and he drops deep to try and pick the ball up to do that and nobody's running for him or he's got four men on him kicking crap out of him and he ain't able to turn or his pass isn't quite perfect, everyone has a go at him. Oh, stay in the box. <laughs> you know, yeah, he he, we don't want him deep. You know, yeah. so... It's incredibly difficult. The, the idea that he should 
transition to a set role I don't think works. I think with Harry Kane, you want him playing in a position where, as defenders, you don't know whether he's going to be on your shoulder trying to get in, a la a number nine, or whether he's going to sit on the edge of the box and create and drop into space. Because also, Kane's got a shot from 30-odd yards, which will rival anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So you want defenders not knowing what Harry Kane's going to do. They're not aware. And if you've got players like Bale and Sonny who are going to run off of him, which is what we've all wanted all season, and when in the early season when Sonny was doing it, it was phenomenal. In the last few games Bale was doing it, it was phenomenal. You're going to score goals. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, it's, you know, the the Arsenal performance was just an aberration. It just, it just didn't work. Hmm. Okay, um, we've got uh, two questions now from Tom Agarsku. I'm saying his name wrong, I know, but I don't care. Uh, the first one is a serious one from me. How annoying was the commentary after Lamella's goal? Potentially goal of the season, and they acted like it was a 90th minute consolation that somehow bundled him from two yards. <laughs> i got to be honest with you, Tom, I didn't hear it. I was too busy yeah, celebrating. I think the same as me. Yeah. I, I genuinely didn't hear it. So um, I'll, I'll try and find that if it was annoying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want to annoy myself. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, there, there does appear to be times where you see something. And that isn't just Tottenham either. I was watching a game the other day. Um, it was someone against Man United. And the team they were playing did something. I think it was West Ham versus Man United. And the guy, the guy commented, and I think it's a diehard Man United fan. He just has to be because something happened, and he almost was like, "Yes!" Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell?" Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind people being, you know, a bit passionate about stuff. But yeah, that that felt, you know, if I was a West Ham fan watching this, I'd be a bit pissed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, the final question then goes to Tom Tom Agusco, who says, "Imagine that you are on Gladiators." And it's the round where you have to whack each other with those giant cotton bud things. It's you versus a Spurs player of your choosing, past or present, but in their physical prime. Who do you choose and why? That's awesome. Is, is he, someone asked the Mars Singer question last week, didn't they? I feel, yeah. I feel like he, it's, there's a bit of a theme with, with his questions every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 getting, I'm, sen- I'm sensing a theme. And I think the theme's called Piss Taking Bath. <laughs> but... The question has been asked. It's been asked. Therefore, the gauntlet has been thrown. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, who who would you face? So, it's, it's got to be a player in their prime. Yeah, in their physical prime, he says. So, you've got to pick someone and then and why. It's a difficult one. I'm torn a little bit because, obviously, you want to win, don't you? You want to knock the other guy off. So yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. Part of me thinks maybe I want a little dude up there because if there's a little dude, then it might be easier to kind of you, knock you, him you're off. Gonna pick on, you're going to pick on Aaron Lennon, aren't you? I, I, I maybe Aaron Lennon, Jermaine Defoe, Rule Fox, one of those players. Rule Fox? There we go. See, I, I'm in two minds, right? I'm in two minds. I'm in two minds whether I'd want to, whether I'd want to knock a guy, out, whether Aaron Lennon's going to be lined up and knocked into the, knocked into the stand with one of these pugil sticks, or if I'd want to go full crazy, like you know, I want to put like Tom Huddleston up. There. Tom Huddleston, like, I love it. Yeah, like come on, bud, bring it on, you know, have a real battle with somebody. Um, so I don't know, I don't know about that one. I, I'm torn. I, I'm going to go Thud. Yeah, I'm going to go Thud. Me versus Thud. With his massive dreadlocks because he hadn't scored for years. I like so he it. Can't, can't cut his hair and an absolute battle bloodbath. Cool, call it. And do you know what I'm going to go for as well? Purely yeah. because there's going to he'll, he'll there'll be a lot of him to hit, so it'll give me a better yeah. chance of knocking him off. Peter Crouch. 
Oh yeah, I, I think I think you work the legs with Crouchy Go. I, I think I think legs. one one swift knee hit and he's gone. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, you got to work the legs. Uh, but yes, well, thank you for that question. The gladiators theme that was uh, it's cheered us up a little bit, hasn't it? What well, made me laugh? Yeah, um, I, I did just notice someone replied saying Aaron Lennon. Although he's fast, I'm pretty sure I can knock him out. <laughs> but he's just a small target because if you've got a small target, he can just duck. So you're kind of like yeah. you, you need you need a lot to aim for, which is why I think Peter Kraut. So he can go for his legs, and if that's not working, then hit the body. You, you've just got lots to work with there. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I just I just want a proper terror. You want a terror with with a Tottenham with player. <laughs> yeah, in the current squad, me and Hoybier right now. We could throw down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take your shirts off. Like, Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lost to Arsenal, you son of a... Yeah, really, really go for it. Um, we've kind of run out of time. I had a few other things we, I was going to talk about. Um, we, I've got a loan update for all the players, which I'll save for next week. Um, one of the other things that uh, someone said, I think it might have been Stepin Stefan, said about adding a feature to the podcast where we do profiles on some of the academy players. Um, I'm happy to do that, but that's work for me. So I want to know if people actually want to hear it. I'm not just going to do it for Stefan. He can bloody look it up himself. <laughs> but if other people would be interested in that and it becoming a segment where we basically profile some of the academy players, um, let me know. Um, I'll have to be very careful because I know a few of them listen. So, <laughs> would be and, nice. And, and, well, they've not been shy in the past of going, oh, so I'll never make it then. Well, I thought, oh, no. That's, that's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Oh, it's, just my, it's just my opinion. Yeah, well, my dad says you're a cunt. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, completely, completely is fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will, we will look at that and... Um, yeah, let me know. Uh, drop me an email, sam at spursnews.co.uk. Drop us a message on Facebook if you want to sort of profile a few of the academy players each week or or like a like a feature each month like I do with the loan updates, let us know. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Tottenham obviously play tonight in the Europa League, so good luck to the team. Fingers crossed we can get a decent result because I, I think perhaps going strong tonight's less about securing the result and more about bringing back momentum quickly. Mm. You know, getting back to winning, scoring, getting that feeling again, going into the weekend. That's that's my hope anyway. Yeah, sure. So fingers crossed, uh, mate. We'll be back next week, hopefully with some wins to talk about. Until then, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News.